Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Thanks for watching our show tonight. I am Doris Hansen, your host, and uh, we do appreciate uh, your viewing the show, and we have some information to share with you tonight that we think that you'll really enjoy. And we are going to talk more about the subject of Joseph Smith's polygamy tonight. However, another chapter of his polygamist agenda has begun. A judge for the United States District Court in Utah last Friday ruled that the Cody Brown uh, family, who has gone public with their lifestyle of polygamy, that they do have a standing to bring a lawsuit challenging Utah's anti-bigamy law. And so the lawsuit is going to go forward. It's strange times that we're living in. I think most of us will agree with that. They publicly flaunted their polygamy on TV. So our uh, public attorneys who have taken oaths to uphold the laws of the land chose to investigate those who are breaking the law. And that's reason enough to bring a lawsuit. The Utah County Attorney's Office uh, was definitely in a damned if you do and damned if you don't dilemma. If they didn't investigate lawbreakers, they wouldn't be doing their job or fulfill their civil servant responsibilities. We do need to hunker down now as the chips are going to fly as the lawsuit goes forward and this could easily end up legalizing polygamy. However, we do hope that the United States judges will show as much wisdom as Judge Bauman did in Canada. But we do need to say this and remind our viewers that polygamy, what love is this, does not exist to try and stop polygamy from being legalized. We are here to explain biblical truths to polygamists and to anyone else who, who has such a poor and misguided knowledge of God's character because God never did condone, authorize, command, or require polygamy for salvation or for exaltation or for any other reason. And whether polygamy becomes legal or remains illegal, our purpose remains the same. We are here to show that God loves women as much as He loves men and that God does think that a woman is worthy of having her own private personal, exclusive, and loving husband all to herself and not be forced into sharing him with other women. Biblical morals never change. We have a firm and unchanging foundation on which to base our platform, and that is a loving God who designed monogamy, not polygamy. Also, this uh, few days ago, we attended another court session where a woman who had fled polygamy with her children was being sued by her polygamist husband for custody of those children. The lies and the twisting of the facts that those from the polygamy group gave under oath was revolting. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, it's time that the law that is supposed to protect not harm these women and children. It's time that they get their judicial act together. First, the polygamy group terrorizes the girls as they grow up. 
Then their polygamist husband takes over, and then if she leaves, the world and the law outside of the polygamy groups continues to make the woman a victim. And they make a clean and permanent break out of polygamy, but what happens? They still have to fight it day in and day out. It's time the society really started working for these polygamist women. I'm glad that God sees all this because those polygamists who lie to protect their own backsides while they're hurting and terrorizing these women and children, victims, will one day face the God above who created and who loves those women and children. You know, I was doing some research on the internet a while back and I stumbled across a, an informative website and I knew immediately that it was great fodder for our show. So I contacted the web page owner and asked for permission to use this information and the basic format for a future show and he wholeheartedly agreed that it was a good idea and so tonight we are going to present the timeline for Mormon polygamy. Now I found the information on the website www.mormonhandbook.com and although our presentation is not an exact clone of their website I have used a lot of their information and, and some of their format and I want to thank the web page owner of mormonhandbook.com for giving permission to use this information so hold on to your seats because there is much to present and we are going to go through it at a fast pace. So here is the timeline for Mormon polygamy. We're going to start with 1827 when Joseph Smith marries Emma Hell. And then we go to 1830 where the Book of Mormon is published and it condemns polygamy. Behold, it says, David and Solomon truly had many wives and concubines, which thing was abominable before me. Hearken to the word of the Lord. There shall no man among you have, save it be one wife, and concubines he shall have none. 1833, 28-year-old Joseph Smith marries 16-year-old Fanny Alger. August 1835, the official church publication denies uh, any polygamy charges. Messenger and Advocate says, Inasmuch as this Church of Christ has been reproached with the crime of fornication and polygamy, we declare that we believe that one man should have one wife and one woman but one husband. From 1835 through 1876, the Doctrine and Covenants is published and section, section 101 remains in there and it says this Church of Christ has been reproached with the crime of polygamy. We believe that one man should have one wife and one woman but one husband. The above rule of marriage as the only one practiced in this church we know of no other rule or system of marriage. April 1837, general authorities issue a statement condemning polygamy. We will have no fellowship whatever with any elder who is guilty of polygamy and who does not in all things conform to the laws of the church contained in the Bible and in the Doctrine and Covenants. 1838, Joseph Smith marries Lucinda Harris, who was at the time married to jo George Harris. January 1838, Oliver Cowdery confronts Joseph Smith about his polygamy. He calls the affair with Fanny Alger a dirty, nasty, filthy affair. April 1838, Oliver Cowdery is excommunicated. April 1838, Joseph Smith denies polygamy in some questioning. Uh, question number seven, they asked him, do the Mormons believe in having more wives than one? Answer, no, not at the same time. 
December 1838, Joseph Smith again denies polygamy. We have heard that it is reported by some that we not only dedicated our property, but our families also to the Lord. And Satan, taking advantage of this, has perverted it into licentiousness, such as a community of wives, which is an abomination in the sight of God. Notice he calls polygamy an abomination. April 1841, Joseph Smith marries Louisa Beeman. October 1841, Joseph Smith, 35 years old, marries 20-year-old Zena Huntington Jacobs, who at the time was married to Henry Jacobs and was seven months pregnant. December 1841, Joseph Smith marries Priscilla Buell. January 6, 1842, Joseph Smith marries Agnes Coolbrith. She was the widow of his brother, Don Carlos. January 17, 1842, Joseph Smith, 36 years old, marries 23-year-old Mary Leitner, who was at the time married to Adam Leitner. Uh, February 1842, Joseph Smith, 36 years old, marries Sylvia Lyon. She's 23, and she's also married to Windsor Lyon. And Joseph would also marry Sylvia's mother, Patty, the next month. March 1, 1842, Joseph Smith pens the 12th Article of Faith. We believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. Polygamy was a violation of the law. March 9, 1842, 36-year-old Joseph Smith marries 47-year-old Patty Sessions, who at the time was married to David Sessions. Joseph Smith had married Patty's daughter, Sylvia, the previous month. April 1842, Joseph Smith marries 27-year-old Marinda Hyde, who at the time was married to Orson Hyde. June 1842, Joseph Smith marries Sarah Cleveland, 53 years old, Eliza Snow, 38 years old, and Elizabeth Durfee, 50 years old, who at the time was married to Jabez Durfee. July 1842, Joseph Smith marries Dulcina Johnson and 17-year-old Sarah Whitney. August 1842, the official church publication denies polygamy. Millennial Star says, but for the information of those foolish tales about two wives, we would say that no such principle ever existed among the Latter-day Saints. April or August 1842, Joseph Smith marries Martha McBride. September 1842, uh, the, the official church publication Times and Seasons denies polygamy. Inasmuch as this Church of Christ has been reproached with the crime of fornication and polygamy, we declare that we believe that one man should have one wife. Again, notice that polygamy is called a crime and fornication. February 1843, Joseph Smith marries Ruth Sayers. Spring 1843, 37-year-old Joseph Smith marries 16-year-old Flora Woodworth, Woodworth uh, more than twice his age. March 1843, 37-year-old uh, Joseph Smith marries the Partridge sisters. Emily, Emily is 19 years old and Eliza is 22 years old. April 1843, Joseph Smith marries Almira Johnson. May 1843, 37-year-old Joseph Smith marries 17-year-old Lucy Walker and... 14-year-old Helen Marr Kimball, our first polygamist pedophile. May 1843, 37-year-old Joseph Smith marries sisters, uh, the Lawrence sisters. Sarah is 17 and Maria Lawrence is 19. Both of them are less than twice, or he's more than twice their age of both of them. 1843, 37-year-old Joseph Smith marries Hannah Ells, 29, and 14-year-old 
Nancy Winchester. June 1843, Joseph Smith, 37 years old, marries Elvira Holmes, who is already married to Jonathan Holmes, and Joseph Smith also marries Rhoda Richards, who is 58 years old. July 1843, Revelation on Plurality of Wives, section 132 of the Doctrine and Covenants, is revealed. Joseph Smith dictates the revelation requiring the practice of polygamy to obtain exaltation, which is becoming God's. The revelation specifically states that if Emma rejects it, she would be destroyed. But it was Joseph who was destroyed within a year. Emma, who was 39 years old, lived to be 75 years old, and additional wives were supposed to be virgins. July 1843, Joseph Smith marries Desdemona Fulmer. Summer 1843, Joseph Smith marries Olive G. Frost. September 20th, 1843, 37-year-old Joseph Smith marries 19-year-old Melissa Lott. November 2nd, 1843, 37-year-old Joseph Smith marries 56-year-old Fanny Young. January 1844, despite the July revelation requiring polygamy, the Mormon Church publication Melinda Lestar continued to deny it. February 1844, Joseph Smith denies polygamy. As we have lately been credibly for informed that an elder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by the name of Hiram Brown has been preaching polygamy. This is to notify him that he has been cut off from the church for his iniquity. Notice polygamy is called an iniquity. March 1844, under the direction of Joseph Smith, Hiram Smith officiates a polygamous wedding for Mormon apostle Erastus. To snow. March 15, 1844, Joseph's brother Hiram denies polygamy. Some of your elders say that a man having a certain priesthood may have as many wives as he pleases, and that doctrine is taught here. I say there is no such doctrine taught here. And any man that is found teaching privately or publicly any such doctrine had better beware what he is about. April 1844, Joseph Smith denies polygamy. Pertaining to John C. Bennett's spiritual wife system, we cannot but express our surprise that anything like iniquity is practiced, much less taught or sanctioned by the LDS Church. Notice polygamy is called an iniquity. April 1844, President, um, presidency counselors protest Joseph Smith's behavior. After Jane Law, uh, rebuffs Joseph Smith's proposal. Her husband, William Law, Joseph Smith's second counselor, is excommunicated, and Austin Cowles, the first counselor, quits the church in protest. May 1844, Joseph Smith denies polygamy. He said, I had not been married scarcely five minutes before it was reported that I had seven wives. This spiritual wifeism, why a man dares not speak or wink for fear of being accused of this. What a thing it is for a man to be accused of committing adultery and having seven wives when I can only find one. I am as innocent as I was 14 years ago. Notice here he refers to polygamy as adultery. Uh, June 7, 1844, William Law publishes the newspaper, uh, which is the Nauvoo Expositor, condemning Joseph Smith's polygamy. In the latter part of the summer, 1843, the patriarch Hiram Smith did, in the High Council of which I was a member, introduce what he said was a revelation given through the prophet, the doctrine of a plurality of wives or marrying virgins. June 10, 1844, Joseph Smith orders the printing press destroyed. Smith is the mayor of Nauvoo, 
when he orders the expositor destroyed, and so the governor has Joseph Smith arrested. And June 27, 1844, Joseph Smith is killed. An angry mob storms Joseph and Hiram's jail cell, and they are killed in a gun battle. October 1844. Sidney Rignans admits that church authorities practice polygamy mercy. It is a fact so well known that the Twelve and their adherents have endeavored to carry the spiritual wife system business in secret and have gone to the most shameful and desperate lengths to keep it from the public. November 1844, official LDS publication denies polygamy. Times and Seasons says the law of the land and the rules of the church do not allow one man to have more than one wife alive at the same time. May 1845, official LDS publication denies polygamy. Times and Seasons said the Latter-day Saints are charged by their enemies with the blackest crimes. Treason, murder, theft, polygamy, and adultery are among the many crimes laid to their charge. Notice polygamy and adultery are the same. 1850, John Taylor denies polygamy while married to at least seven plural wives. And he said, we are accused here of polygamy and actions the most indelicate, obscene, and disgusting, such that none but a corrupt and depraved heart could have contrived. These things are too outrageous to admit of belief. Notice John Taylor refers to polygamy as indelicate, obscene, disgusting, corrupt, and coming from a depraved heart. September 14, 1852. The public acknowledgement of polygamy. Bingo. In 1852, Orson Pratt gave a special, in the special conference, the LDS Church publicly acknowledges the practice of polygamy. February 1854, the Mormon authority encourages polygamy. Boy, what a chameleon we have going on here. It says, what could a man of God say when Joseph came and said, I want your wife? Oh yes, he would say, here she is. There are plenty more. Did the prophet Joseph want every man's wife he asked for? If such a man of God should come to me and say, I want your gold and silver or your wives, I should say, well, here they are. I wish I had more to give you. Take all I've got. And so women are just along a commodity, another commodity to be traded off just like gold and silver. July 1857, the official LDS publication condemns polygamy that was lived before 1843. The Latter-day Saints from the rise of the church in 1830 till the year 1843 had no authority to marry more than one wife each. To have done otherwise would have been a great transgression. 1862, the United States President Abraham Lincoln signs the Moral Anti-Bigamy Act targeting the LDS Church. August 1866, the Mormon prophet Brigham Young declares polygamy a priority over obtaining statehood. Do you think that we shall ever be admitted as a state into the Union without denying the principle of polygamy? If we are not admitted until then, we shall never be admitted. Journal of Discourses, Volume 11. 1876, the Doctrine and Covenants, Section 101 is removed and Section 132 inserted. After 41 years as part of the LDS canon, Section 101 condemning polygamy is removed from the Doctrine and Covenants. Section 132 requiring polygamy for exaltation is canonized, and Section 132 remains part of the canon today. October 1879, Mormon prophet John Taylor declares polygamy is superior to obeying the federal law. 
I was asked, do you believe in obeying the laws of the United States? Yes, I do, and all except one. What law is that? The law in relation to polygamy. Journal of Discourses, Volume 20. February 19, 1877. The United States Congress passes the Edmunds Tucker Act, which permits the government to seize assets and disincorporate the LDS Church for continuing to practice polygamy against the law. And the bill is enacted into law March 3rd. May 1887, the assistant church historian Andrew Jensen compiles a list of Joseph Smith's plural wives. And it is considered to be the first list of the wives of Joseph Smith, and he documented at that time 28 plural wives, not including Emma. October 1890, the Manifesto. Under increasing pressure from the federal government, Wilford Woodruff issued a statement denying that the Mormon Church was practicing polygamy. I do hereby declare that these charges are false. We are not teaching polygamy or plural marriage, nor permitting any person to enter into its practice. 1892, Mormon prophet Lorenzo Snow condemns the practice of polygamy before 1843. Before the giving of that revelation in 1843, if a man married more wives than one who were living at the same time, he would have been cut off from the church. It would have been adultery under the laws of the church and under the laws of the state too. Interesting, most of Joseph Smith's wives he took before and during 1843. 1904, read Smoot hearings. The hearings held by the United States Congress reveal that polygamy was still being practiced secretly among LDS Church general authorities. April 1904, the second manifesto. Why did they have to have a second? Wasn't one enough? In response to the Reed Smoot hearings, Mormon President Joseph F. Smith issued another statement denying polygamy. Inasmuch as there are numerous reports that plural marriages have been entered into, I affirm and declare that no such marriages have been solemnized with the sanction of the church. All such marriages are prohibited, and if any member enter into any such marriage, he will be excommunicated. October 1905, in protest, two Mormon apostles resign. John W. Taylor and Matthias F. Cowley resigned from the Quorum of the Twelve and both continued to have polygamist wives. Fast forward to November 1943. Mormon apostle Richard R. Lyman is excommunicated for secretly practicing polygamy. Certainly was a hard thing to give up, wasn't it? 1958. Mormon Apostle Bruce R. McConkie anticipates polygamy will resume. Obviously, the holy practice of plural marriage will commence again after the second coming of the Son of Man and the ushering in of the millennium. So some of the doctrinal teachings of the early polygamists, we are going to mention some of those of what the Mormon authorities taught. Orson Pratt said, those who reject polygamy would be damned. He said, the Lord has said that those who reject the principle reject their salvation. They shall be damned, says the Lord. Those to whom I reveal this law and they do not receive it shall be damned. That's in Journal of Discourses, volume 17. Uh, Orson Pratt went on to say, I want to prophesy that all men and women who oppose the revelation which God has given in relation to polygamy will find themselves in darkness. The Spirit of God will withdraw from them from the very moment of their opposition to that principle until they will finally go down to hell and be damned if they do not repent. 
Section 132, Verily, thus saith the Lord, as touching the principle of having many wives and concubines, for all those who have this law revealed unto them must obey. For behold, I reveal unto you a new and everlasting covenant, and if ye abide not that covenant, then are ye damned. For no one can reject this covenant and be permitted to enter into my glory. They must and shall abide the law, or he shall be damned, says the Lord God. It is a requirement to obtain the highest exaltation to becoming gods. Brigham Young said, The only men who become gods, even the sons of God, are those who enter into polygamy. Joseph F. Smith said, Some people have supposed that the doctrine of plural marriage was sort of non-essential to the salvation or exaltation of mankind. Some of the saints have said that a man with one wife will receive an exaltation as great and glorious as he possibly could with more than one. I want here to enter my solemn protest against this idea, for I know it is false. Polygamy was definitely an essential. If polygamy is not true, then neither is celestial marriage, says Orson Pratt. If plurality of marriage is not true, or if a man has no divine right to marry two wives or more in this world, then marriage for eternity is not true. Your faith is all in vain, and all the sealing ordinances and powers pertaining to marriages for eternity are vain, worthless, good for nothing. For as sure as one is true, the other must also be true. Journal of Discourses, Volume 21. George Teasdale said, Polygamy will exist in the afterlife. I bear my solemn testimony that plural marriage is as true as any principle that has been revealed from the heavens. I bear my testimony that it is a necessity and that the Church of Christ in all its fullness never existed without it. Where you have the eternity of marriage, you are bound to have plural marriage. And it is one of the marks of the Church of Jesus Christ in its sealing ordinances. Not in the Christian Church, folks. Mormon prophet Brigham Young in the Journal of Discourses 13 said, The scripture says that he, the Lord, came walking in the temple with his train. I do not know who they were unless his wives and children. Brigham Young, Mormon prophet, said God the Father was a polygamist. When our father Adam came into the Garden of Eden, he came into it with a celestial body and brought Eve, one of his wives, with him. The first seven Mormon prophets had at least 136 wives between them. Joseph Smith, 34, Brigham Young, 56, John Taylor, 18, Wilford Woodruff, 10, Lorenzo Snow, 9, Joseph F. Smith, 6, and Heber J. Grant, 3. And so we say, a tree is known by its fruit. You see Warren Jeffs with a picture of 50 of his teenage brides, and Warren Jeffs has at least 80 wives. He was just following in the footsteps of Joseph Smith. Indeed, the root does determine the fruit. We're going to open up our telephone lines now. Um, if you want to make any comments or join in the discussion after this, we certainly welcome you. Our phone number is 801-973-8820, 801-973-TV20. And while we're waiting for the calls to come in, we have a message to share. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. 
Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. You are welcome to join us in our monthly support group, Life After Polygamy, where you can meet others like yourself who are searching for answers about polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism. We meet monthly in the Salt Lake City area. For more details about time and place, call us toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word and answers questions like, Did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, Make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to the show. We've been doing a, a timeline on Joseph Smith's polygamy beginning with 1827 when Joseph married Emma and he was a monogamous for about three or four years and then he was a polygamist till the day he died. I'd like you to know that the Bible does not condone polygamy. All of this is Mormon fundamentalism that you see in the polygamy groups today and that's why they're called Mormon fundamentalists because they live Joseph Smith polygamy. Also, I'd like you to know that a lot of this information uh, come from the, the book um, uh, In Sacred Loneliness by Todd Compton. You can also find some in the book uh, Nauvoo Polygamy and it's all over. You can find this information all over the internet. Several books are written about it with all of the footnotes and proof of journals and other information where they got it's not made up. Joseph Smith actually married these women for time and eternity. They weren't just at eternally sealed marriages, they were time marriage involved actual physical relationships with them and the journals of these women also uh, show that to be true. We have the telephone lines open. We got a couple of calls coming in, but they're not ready yet. So I'm going to read an email that we received from a viewer that I'd like to share with you. And she said, I want to thank you very much for your show. 
I've been doing a lot of reading on Mormonism for the past few years, and lately, for the past two weeks, I've discovered your show. I feel like I've been a treasure trove. In all the time that I've been studying Mormonism, I have come to this theoretical conclusion. I think Mormonism was based off Joseph Smith's lust for women. I think that everything else was secondary. The visions, the pre-existence, exaltation are simply dressing. I was listening to how Joseph Smith would tell these young women that an angel of God threatened to kill him if he didn't enter into plural marriage with her by making them feel as if the woman can save him in some manner. In this regard, the woman is saving him from death. And then Joseph Smith is sneaking in the idea of God being the one who is the cause of his suffering. Let's think about it for a moment. If today a 37-year-old man came up to my 15-year-old daughter and told her that he would be slain by an angel of God if she didn't enter into plural marriage, he would be jailed, pure and simple. If uh, the only thing that anyone would think of is that, that this man was a pedophile and no one would put a religious spin on it at all. Having discovered your show, I feel as if my hypothe hypothesis was further confirmed, especially with the story of William Law's wife, when she wouldn't enter into plural marriage with Joseph Smith and not give him half her love. Smith calls her an apostate. I am not attacking Mormons, but I think Mormons need to consider their whole ideology was formed because this man was a sexual predator, and the very idea is terrifying. That in continuing to follow this man's teachings and live in polygamy, the Mormons are continuing this man's sexual predatory legacy. I want to thank you for your show. <clears throat> God bless you from the bottom of my heart, Miss J. And the predatory legacy certainly is the fruit that we showed with Warren Jeffs and all of his teenage brides, 50 of them, and the other polygamy groups are not <clears throat> guiltless on this because they all take and have taken in the past very young brides. I particularly want to address the comment that she had in her email, and she said, quote, and then Joseph Smith is sneaking in the idea of God being the one who is the cause of his suffering, end quote. That remark really stabbed at me because uh, the crutch and the central problem of Mormonism and polygamy is that they teach that God is the cause of our suffering, that God required polygamy or else do it or else, that Emma would be, uh, she better buckle down and let Joseph Smith take all of these wives or she would be the one who's destroyed. That, that, that poor Joseph, if he didn't, she didn't let him take all of the wives that he wanted, then that angel from God would kill him. Well, what kind of a God did they think they had? As for my own experience growing up in a polygamy environment, that's all we heard in all of our endless lectures on polygamy is live it or regret it. Bow down to the whims of this God who requires such sufferings from us and then maybe we'll go to heaven. And, there, and, and if we do, then God will be indebted to us to give us glory. Well, that is not true about God. 
No wonder when people do leave the polygamy groups or the mainline church, so many of them turn their backs on God. They turn their minds completely against Him and against the Bible, against truth, because from the cradle, the icky God that they learned about was the one who required all their suffering. He required the ugliness of polygamy, of sharing one's husband or be destroyed. He loaded heaps and heaps of guilt on a person until the guilt itself destroys them. We want our viewers to know that this is a lie from the depths of perdition. God is not the source of polygamy. Section 132 in the Doctrine and Covenant is not a revelation from God. According to Mormonism, including polygamists, it is us, they teach, who must suffer and die for God. But the reality is that it was God who suffered and died for us. Don't be deceived. God is good. God is always good. It is not his fault that men are evil and that evil men brainwash innocent people. God has given us the truth. All we need to do is seek it and embrace it. Jesus warned, and his warnings are prodigiously recorded, do not be deceived. Stop trusting in man. God has never commanded bad, nor does he require bad things from us in order to please him. And Jesus Christ is God. And he willingly died so we could live. And polygamy and Mormonism in any of its various forms cannot and will not replace or add to what Jesus did on the cross for us. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10 says, The work of Satan the work of Satan is displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. And it says they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. We want our viewers, we want polygamists to know the truth about God, and we pray that they will refuse to continue to be deceived rather than refuse to love the truth so they can be saved. Okay, we have a call. Uh, our lines are all lit up. There's only one call ready, so we'll take line two, and that is Elias. Hello, Elias. Hello, Doris. Yes, you're on the air. Um, I'm just calling to tell you that I really appreciate your program. I've learned a lot about Mormonism and its craziness, and it makes me understand a lot about it and the polygamy aspect is also very very crazy very interesting my question <clears throat> is uh, it, the fundamentalists who obviously are practicing polygamy that's very out in the open and up front I'm wondering if there's still polygamy actually going on in mainstream say Utah Mormonism or the Church of Christ, Mormonism, reorganized, or, you know, is it, is it possible that it's literally happening even though they say that it's not? And I will take your answer off the air if that's okay. That's fine. Thank you. Uh, Elias and for others, we've had this call before, and of course, I don't know if any polygamy is going on inside the mainline church. I doubt if it is with the RLDS, but with the mainline church, I have heard that it does, is and does, and I wouldn't be surprised if it does, but I don't know. 
If they do, they live it secretly, uh, of course, or they would be excommunicated. Uh, like someone called in two or three weeks ago and asked if Joseph Smith and Brigham Young were alive today, would they be allowed to join the Mormon Church? No, they wouldn't. Uh, and if they were in the Mormon Church, they would be kicked out because they were prodigious polygamists and they uh, said that God required it. Um, I heard one time that there was a two percentage point of people in the actual mainline church who secretly lived polygamy. But again, how do you prove that? They'd have to come forward and say, I'm a polygamist. And if they did, they'd get kicked out. So we don't have any idea how that, uh, how that falls out. But that's an interesting question. Um, off the air comment, good research and well documented information. Well, you know, it's information. Thank you for your comment, off the air comment. It's information that probably a lot of polygamists and even a lot of Mormons really don't know this timeline. That's why when I saw it on the website, I thought, wow, this would be good to present it on the show because it just shows you over and over and over again how they denied polygamy and yet at the same time were taking wives. And this, uh, by the way, this presentation tonight was just Joseph Smith's polygamy. It didn't show, I mean, we didn't put in this timeline uh, the polygamy that was be ta being taken also by Brigham Young and Hiram Smith and, and um, uh, Orson Pratt and Heber C. Kimball and all these other guys. In fact, if you got the book Nauvoo Polygamy by George Smith, you would be able to find out uh, how many of the men were taking wives while they were still in Nauvoo. Okay, line one, we have Joe calling from Salt Lake City. Hello, Joe. Hello. Yes, you need to turn your your uh, volume yes, down. Turn your volume down. Yeah, I, can you hear me? Joe, turn your volume down on your television. Yeah, it's tough. Okay. Okay, I would like to know how long you were a member of the church before you found all this out. And also, if Joseph Smith had, I think you said 56 wives or 34 wives, where are all the children from those marriages? Why haven't they come forth and grown up and said that they are members, that they are related to Joseph Smith? Well, I can't say why anybody doesn't come forward and do anything, Joe. Um, I was never a Mormon, uh, I was never a member of the Mormon Church, never was a Mormon, but I was born and raised in the Kingston polygamy group. And believe me, the, the polygamy groups learn Mormonism. We, we be, they believe in and we were taught the Doctrine and Covenants, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price. All of the Mormon, uh, the canon and teachings are taught to the polygamists. So they really truly are Mormons and they believe in Mormon doctrine. Uh, now, well, where is Kingston at? The Kingston group is, they're most, they're based in uh, Davis County. Uh, they, most of them are in Salt Lake, but they're all over the state. They're into other states as well. Well, you know, uh, it's very interesting, all your research and data on that, but I, I can't understand how the church, going through all that it went through and all his teachings about the gospel mm -hmm. and a moral living people, uh, you know, I don't know all the laws of God, but this must have been something that was, that was and as I understand it, you know, the angel came to him and, and said, you have to do this, and he couldn't tell his wife for two years. But I'm, I know that there's been... Now, Joe, do you... They it. Joe, do you really believe that? Do you really believe an angel of God would do that? Well, I, you know, uh, if Joseph Smith got those plates and transcribed them. Yeah, let's, let's start with your if. Mom, 
Plus all the supernatural events that happened at Kirtland Temple. Oh, come I mean, on. you can't just dismiss his, his whole Joe, life and, Joe, and this church, which has millions of members. Joe, do uh, you read, Joe, uh, just you a know, few, Joe, you can't just, just say it's all false. Joe, just a few minutes ago, I quoted a scripture from Second Thessalonians top, chapter 2 that said that, that the devil will come with counterfeit miracles and signs and wonders. There isn't anything that Satan won't do to try and blind somebody into thinking that it's from God. And and the devil doesn't care what lie you believe as long as you don't believe the truth. Those, uh, whatever happened in the Nauvoo Temple, uh, are one of two things. They're either lying or it was counterfeit miracles because it wasn't from God, because he will not do a miracle that will go against what he says in the Bible. And the Bible says that God is the one who introduced monogamy and he never, ever introduced polygamy. And all through the Bible, you will read his commands and his guidelines are for monogamy, never polygamy. Well, what's curious is in 1890 they outlawed it, but you say in your presentation that apostles were still living like that That's way right. up in the higher ups of the church. That's right, as they far were. As the uh, 1940s? You betcha, they were. They, they lied all well, through. Why were they excommunicated? Because is the is the the uh, I mean it, you know it, a house divided won't stand. I mean they're not they they will excommunicate people just you know for show and all that. But they were still living polygamy because they believed that God told them to do it. Yeah, I didn't know about the 1905 thing with Joseph Fielding Smith either, but yeah. I assume all that stuff you put down, that could all be verified. You right? betcha. I put I put the footnotes on every one of those slides, and you can, this, uh, by the way, will be put on the internet in three or four days, and you can go back and re-watch it, watch it slower, and get all of the footnotes and look it up for yourself. They're all there. Well, it's a very interesting uh, dilemma. Uh, I've been a member of the church for 20 years. Uh, it's always been I've been asked by relatives and everything, what about the polygamy, why, why? Well, I never have had a, you know, only thing I was told that there was more women than there were men back there, and this was a commandment from the Lord. Well, there weren't no more women than there were, there were not more women than men. If you go into the early census of the state of Utah, you will find that there was always, always more men than women, always. I mean, when they're coming across the prairies, and the people are well, here. So why do you have to marry the woman? Can you just take care of the woman without marrying her? <laughs> and Joel, let me tell you, and Joel, let me say something else to uh, to finish answering your question when you first called in. Uh, Joseph Smith, uh, people will call in and say, well, there wasn't any babies, there wasn't any children from his marriages, uh, and so so it was okay. So it proves that they he didn't sleep with them. But the 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 revelation for polygamy says it's to rise up righteous seed. So you don't live polygamy unless you can have children to rise up righteous seed. So Joseph Smith contradicted his own revelation. Well, I'll have to admit, one thing that has bothered me is that I've seen all what's happened down there with this Jeff's guy and all the communities in southern Utah. And this fiasco and some of the, all the stories I've heard about these communities in southern, uh, in the northern Arizona and southern Utah, and then the disaster of this guy Jeffs and the, the fiasco in Texas and all that, I have to admit that I say, well, this would have never happened 
if this teaching hadn't started all the way back up. But, uh, you know, uh, I've been a solid Mormon all these years. Uh, I don't know all the, you know, I don't know all the laws, but this has bothered me. Joe, why don't you get into the Bible? Your show has shed some light on it. Joe, why don't you get in? Joe has to be a good answer somewhere. There There is a good answer, Joe. There is a good answer. It's in the Bible. And if you would read the Bible and study the Bible, if the Mormons would get their nose out of the Book of Mormon and start studying the Bible and learn what God really had to say about these things, your dilemma would be gone, your questions would be answered, and it would be a fearful thing for you, though, because you'd have to leave Mormonism. You couldn't stand it anymore. But you might give that a try. We've got other calls coming in now. Okay, sweetie. Well, thanks for your show, and have a good night. You're welcome. Goodbye. On <laughs> line two, we have Mark calling from Salt Lake. Hello, Mark. Yes, hello. I just quickly want to tell this man, uh, I'm not quite sure about the date. I'm I'm pretty sure. The Salt Lake Tribune, I think it was in 1906, they were reporting where there was shenanigans going on with the general authorities and polygamy. And I do know that it was 1916 when there was some more flare-up and uh, some more uh, stuff about the Mormon church not being clean about what they were doing with uh, uh, ceilings in the temple. Are you talking 1916, 1916? There was the 1916, but there was one uh, about 10 years before that, too. Oh, yeah. It, it went on way into the uh, into the change of the century. It sure did. Well, yeah, yeah but, but I mean, the Salt hidden. Lake Tribune had absolute uh, data that there was... Yeah, they, they published not, it. Uh, they living up to what they were said they would in 1890. The, the Salt Lake Tribune uh, list, I think it was on the Saturday's edition, uh, where they listed the names of the men who were, of the general authority men, Mormon men, who were still practicing polygamous. And over the weekend... They that in 1916? I, I'm not sure of the date. I, I could look that up. But they were so, uh, the, the, the Mormons were so upset that uh, they threatened them somehow. I don't know what exactly yeah, like what it was they right, did. But I, I so, just wanted that man to know and that so on Monday, the, he's gone, the, uh, so on Monday, the Tribune he, he published the paper that. again and added more names to it. So they didn't no, anyway, intimidate them. But I, I, think you, <laughs> I love talking maybe you, over people. Maybe you could be more convincing to the people if you weren't quite as... Um, I don't know, punching. Oh. But anyway, I, I, I just wanted to let, let, let your audience know that, you... that the, the <laughs> Tribune actually was doing some research and, and they had uh, uh, come clean, and the church had to come clean. Oh, well, the church didn't ever did come clean. Well, I know, but I mean, with, with, with this data that, that they punch. had in 16 and, and and uh, that about a ten years earlier than that. Well, they have never come clean on it, and I'm sorry. Well, I know, I'm... but in 1916, I think it had to do with the presidential elect. I don't know, okay. but I I've said all that I need to say. All right, thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, sorry for the punches, folks. I don't know if that'll stop though. Uh, line three, we have Joe in West Valley. Hello, Joe. Joe. Well, maybe. Uh... This is Joe from West Valley. Uh-huh, you're on the air. Maybe you should pull your nose out of the Bible and study the Book of Mormon. <laughs> well, I've had my nose in both of them. We do study the Bible, honey. What? Every four years, we do study it for a whole year. Every four years? You're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know what God oh, said. Maybe you he... should know what you're talking about, huh? 
Uh, well, uh, yeah, we study the Bible every four years for a whole year. Wow. You know, uh, Christians study the Bible every day every about. year. Okay, hey, goodbye, Joe. About See you in the spring. Um, that was, they, studying the Bible once every four years, I'm sorry, uh, that just doesn't cut it. God said that we are to be in His Word day and night, meditate on His Word day and night, and know His Word from cover to cover. The Bible is a big book, and you can't just get into it once a year, or once every four years, and expect to be doing what God said. Very quickly, I have an email here that I thought I would read that would help uh, some people um, as they think of me. Uh, she said, um, Doris Hansen, you are a very crazy old lady. You have no idea what you're even talking about. You sit there uh, on TV reading off of a screen, reading crap that some people have already written for you. No one is perfect. We were put on this earth to make our own choices. And who the blank are you to say who is wrong and who is right? You need to worry more about your own life than educating people on how bad the Mormons are. Maybe you should take a look at your religion and think what Jesus Christ want me. Would he want me to sit here and judge others for their choices? No, he loves everyone. You are a hypocrite and anyone who listens to your crap is just as crazy as you are. Well, she must have been as crazy as me because she listened to it and, and, and even wrote back. But you know what? I would rather be a crazy old lady knowing and following the truth and reading comments like yours who seem to take delight in sending out nasty, judgmental emails, calling others names, and refusing to check out what you believe. Jesus said we will be judged by our words on Judgment Day. Are you proud of yours? And I do not say that Mormons are bad. I haven't say that. I don't say that. I say their doctrines are bad. And they are deceitful doctrines. And we have yet for anyone to come forward and prove that what we talk about on this show is wrong. We, haven't, we don't lie. We give all the footnotes. We give all the references. So just check it out before you start calling me names and passing judgment on me or on the show. We do this show because we want people to know the truth. And sometimes we do have to punch to get people to listen. Sometimes we do have to bring in some of the ugly facts of the past to get people to listen. But when I go to court sessions like I did this week, and I see a polygamist woman who has been downtrodden all her life, and she has little children, little girls, that they want to keep in the polygamy group, there's only one reason they want girls in polygamy groups, and that's to become polygamist wives. It's a nasty life. It's an icky life. It is a, a, a life of inequality. And I'm here to tell you that is not God's way. He said each woman should have her own husband and each man should have his own private personal life or, or wife. And that, that the two are one. And, and Jesus Christ also verified that. So that, uh, that will end uh, our phone calls for tonight. And I would like to close by talking about 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse th 13, where it says that evil men and, and, uh, and seducers will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. Obviously, there are those who deceive 
and there are those who are being deceived. And members of the mainline Mormon church and of the polygamy groups are the ones who are being deceived. But the leaders are the deceivers, and a deceiver knows that he is deceiving. And there is so much deceitfully concealed history of the early Mormon church that these deceivers have kept from their membership that to come clean and admit their deceit would be an earth-shaking, even humiliating event. But Jesus said in Mark 4.22 that whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out in the open. The deceivers who are hiding the truth need to realize that their secrets will be disclosed. They will be brought out in the open at some point. Jesus did and said nothing in secret. His followers are expected to also do nothing in secret. If something is required to be done in secret, then it shouldn't be done at all. And if it's too sacred to be out in the open, then it isn't sacred at all. Sacred never justifies secrecy. Instead, secret often admits that there is shame, fear, or misrepresentation. The only safe place to be is with the one who declared he had never said or done anything in secret. So if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then do what he did, and he did nothing in secret. He never told a lie. He never deceived anyone. So stop trusting a man. Trust in Jesus and trust in Him alone. Thank you. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.